0: Out there, welcome back to another episode of Homesteads and Homeschools. I am your host, the Liberty Hippie, here with you for one more week, one more interview, one more 30 minute segment of your time, at least. So, today is episode number 66, which means you can find the show notes at slash 066. Apparently, the show notes are not working. I'm not quite sure what that's about. Uh, I'm trying to get it sorted, but uh, you all don't care anyway, since no one thought to tell me about it. I figured it out on my own. So, uh, you know, if you see that, eh, say something, right? See something, say something That's what we all all need to do. Right. <laughs> um, so, uh, not too much today. If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe, share. If you don't like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe anyway, because to next week's show, uh, might, might be different. In fact, it probably will be different. So go ahead and, and hit those buttons. Share it around, share the love, help everybody find this bad mamma jamma of a podcast. Yeah. So you can also go to patreon.com slash the Liberty Hippie and for a small subscription fee, I think it's like two bucks, two fifty a month. Um get some seeds in there, some merchandise, some stickers maybe, uh and it helps the show. It helps the show. And and with that Patreon you get some some bonus content, which of course uh trying to put a bit more of that out and there is there is some bonus content today so if you go ahead and subscribe you'll have access to that this conversation kept on going so with that i am going to move along into this interview so let's go plant those liberty seeds with my guest the host of the voluntary contrarian mr jared they call My guest today is uh, Mister Mister Jared Jared N over there at the Voluntary Contrarian Podcast. He's on today. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about his homestead and and whatnot he's got going on there. And I, I've seen some pictures, and it looks mighty impressive. So Jared, welcome to the show. Thank you for uh, for coming on today. It's uh it's nice to nice to see. I see the light in the background, and it's dark where I am. So it's yeah extends my day a little bit. Appreciate that.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm currently sitting in a very bright room and so uh the sunshine's coming in. It's a nice day up here in uh the PNW. Good deal, good deal. So uh
0: yeah, I I I saw some pictures. It seemed like um you're kind of new to this a little bit, um, and I say new hesitantly. Um What did you, as as a kid growing up, were you involved with gardening at all? Was this uh, something that was kind of a lifestyle that was a little familiar to you or or did you just step into it just
1: now? Well, um, it is fairly new to me. Um, I grew up in a small town and moved out at a fairly young age into the city. So I can't say that it's because of my upbringing, Um, but what I can say is that about, I don't know. 10, 12 years ago, I started listening to uh, Jack Spearco, the survival podcast. And he really got me thinking about things. And uh, at the time, development had a very small backyard, but I put together a small garden and uh, kind of gave up on it after probably three years into it. I had some kind of some crap going on in my life where I kind of needed to <laughs> just take a step back. Anyway, so then I got remarried, <laughs> and so my uh, wife and I we've had a garden at our home for the last three years. Then we decided to move from a house in the city to a, some acreage out in the country. So just trying to basically scale up to from a backyard garden up to actually you know a, a huge garden and so far uh there's trials and errors obviously so um, we're getting there <laughs> yeah
0: I, I think that's probably the best way to learn there's a there's a lot of books out there there's a lot of commentary out there there's a lot of ideas out there that you can kind of take but um trial and error is is going to be your your best friend i think in a lot of these things but uh so your your garden that you had um how how big was that? I'm mean, guessing you were on an urban lot, so it wasn't too big. Was it in the ground? Was it like a container or raised beds or what were you doing?
1: We had, I'm trying to think, we had six, seven, seven raised beds and they were about four by eight, I think. So, you know, a decent sized garden just for a couple of people. But we're actually trying to do all the learning right now making all the mistakes right now so we can eventually as our careers start to come to a close we can actually transfer energies over to producing uh, vegetables and fruits and actually sell them from our property which is our goal in order to kind of sustain us in our retirement well plus um one of the big goals too was you know i see a lot of people once they retire then they're just kind of give up and I guess they give up. They decide to kind of just relax. And I'm, I, I'm fine with relaxing. Mm-hmm. I love relaxing. But I've seen people who retired and within you know five, seven years, they're, they're gone because they don't stay active. So buying this place, buying this property was kind of um, something to force us to stay busy because out here there's always something to do.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, it's funny you say that. I've um, I've had the opportunity to run into or to know some some older folks that, um, like when I, I lived up in in Vermont, that were in their upper nineties and still like you couldn't tell, and they just didn't give up. You know, they they kept themselves busy, they kept themselves occupied, and they were doing all those things: shoveling snow, getting some stuff in the ground, and, and doing the the things that keep you busy and active. And they seemed a lot healthier than the the folks that um, didn't. But you've been you've been out there for how long in, in where your your new home?
1: We've only been here for about i would say six months. We moved here in the fall of last year, so we spent you know the first few months in the gray skies <laughs> and raining uh raininess of Washington State. so there's not much to do outside when it's constantly uh raining and cold
0: <laughs> yeah i i uh I hear you. I hear you. I'm down here in Georgia now, so lots of lots of sun. But um... oh yeah. So you uh, you guys, wh- how far was the move? Was it like a, a big move, or was it just kind of getting out
1: of the city kind of thing? It was the it was the biggest move I've made as an adult. Um, we moved from Oregon up here as a kid to Washington State, but uh, we actually moved about sixty miles south of where we used to live. And up in that area, I bounced around from, you know, apartment to, to you know, to houses right. and, uh, you know, you're, you're probably looking at maybe a, a, a five mile move or, or a 10 mile move, but we're in a different county. We're in one of the most uh, free counties in Washington state. Um, and, and we wanted to move down here because you can pretty much do, it's kind of a voluntarious paradise. You can do whatever you want to do to a certain extent, as long as you just, don't be stupid and don't hurt anybody. <laughs> so I like it down here. <laughs> yeah, I've I've heard I've heard um, some
0: other folks from from that neck of the woods uh, mention that as, as something I, I didn't never. You don't necessarily think of when you think of the, the politics that come out of Washington State, or when you you know look at uh, Inslee and, and what he does. But um, I, I have heard that before. Are you on the the east side or the west side of the mountains? On the west side
1: on the liberal on the liberal side of the state
0: okay yeah it's always kind of like the 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 line of delineation there the uh you know the mountains kind of all right so you guys stay wet all year All right. how um so what's your what's your game plan what are you what are you guys starting with you just uh start it all up with everything getting you know all the animals all the the plants are you kind of starting with a, a small patch then working out or what's your your sort of
1: short term plan here. Well, luckily the the property was already fenced to kind of cross fence. Uh the old owner had goats here. Apparently he had a, a, a crap ton of goats. <laughs> we we pretty much we pretty much use the goat pen right now for our dogs. We have three German shepherds um who hang out out there when I need them to be quiet, and, you know, get them out of the house for a few minutes. They live out there anyway. Uh, But our garden space is, it's 100 by 150 feet, square feet. Yeah. And we're only using about a quarter of that right now. So I've got, we've got 22 beds that are done right now. I've got 11 beds that I'm currently putting a drip tape on. Actually, I ran short. I actually, actually, in the mail today, I got the other drip tape to finish up those. I'm going to be putting plastic down on that section, kind of like an experiment. We're going to irrigate in plastic the eleven rows, and then uh, not irrigate by drip tape, and just by you know sprinkler, and mulch uh, with probably straw or something on those beds, just to kind of see which one grows better and which one's easier to tend to. I would imagine the one with plastic is going to be better because it holds <laughs> the moisture in. You don't get as so many weeds. So I don't know. It's like I said, it's a big. It's an experiment right now. I've, I've got, you know, I've got 10 years till I retire. So I, I've got plenty of time to make mistakes and figure out what works best. Um, beyond that, we've got another section of land that we're going to be putting an orchard in. It's about the same size. It's about a hundred and 60 by 180 or something like that so that's where it's going to go we're going to start small with that probably only get maybe four trees this year and because they're not cheap for good for good dwarf yeah. dwarf trees uh and then probably put in four a year until we get ourselves maybe you know 50 or so trees and we actually have a building up front we're kind of we off the we're off the main road, but up by the front of the road, we have a, a three stall, uh, tractor barn. It's open on one side. That would be perfect for a point of sale. Uh, it's, like I said, it's right on the road. There's plenty of parking up there. So that's kind of the ultimate dream is to grow our own produce and sell it right from our property. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's about, that's about it there.
0: Cool. Are you guys, are you guys, um, are you doing like a tractor? Are you digging by hand and your your beds are you kind of trying to, I don't know, do the, the raised bed thing or what do you what's your garden gonna look like, you think?
1: Well, we did because we did the raised beds before, I, I really like the way the raised beds are because you can start with just your own soil mixture that you have brought in. It makes things really easy. There's no uh, there's nothing growing on top of it for you to till in. But here, there's just so much space that the cost of building raised beds at this point in time would be—it's a little bit hard to do. So we decided to uh, actually some neighbors of ours. Speaking of, of uh, I think they're probably in their 70s, but they're going—they're going gangbusters on their own garden. Well, he brought his John Deere over, and he tilled 11 beautiful rows for me um they're they're actually raised off the ground because they're mounded up and plateaued on top with a nice you know beveled side or beveled edge and i put uh, i just left, I left grass between them because i want to have something natural between them and not have to put some type of mulch between them to keep the uh and then the other the other 11 we just did by hand i bought a cub cadets rear time tiller things a beast. <laughs> and uh just till them by hand and then brought in a bunch of compost and uh you know tilled the ground three times and put the compost and till that in twice. And uh yeah. Good deal. Good deal. That's
0: uh it's always a curious thing to figure out like how you're gonna do it and what's what's gonna work best for you. Like when when I was when we first moved to to our house here where we are, I tried doing raised beds and uh it just in the summer, it got so hot and and the, the soil got so dry in some places that when you had the raised bed, the water would just run off and it would take everything with it. And it just, it heated everything was so high. It just, it didn't work. It ended up not working, um, for us. So we've, we've just kind of gone back to doing what we, you know, nor what I did as a kid growing up. Um, but we've tried to mulch things in and, you know, bring in a few loads of leaves out of the woods and, and dump them in here and there and, and mulch things down. That usually helps. But, um, it's funny how those, that, that trial and error, trial and error, is there anything you guys are, uh, growing lots of, or sticking to something that, uh, one of your, one of your favorites or something that you just are comfortable with that you're starting with?
1: Well, so the last few years we've pretty much just gotten our, we bought starts at, uh, say like a Home Depot or something. I think I started seeds for a few things, but this time around, we decided to actually go to um, more reputable seed companies. And we we went hog wild and bought a ton of seeds. And I think I bought uh, 10, 10 trays that hold 75, they have 75 cells per seed tray. And I filled all those up with different things. So 750 starts. (laughs) This was during the winter time. Actually, I jumped the gun. I should have waited another month, but I was so excited to get this thing going. So now I've got starts that desperately need to go on the ground. Mm -hmm. Like, and and we're almost to our last frost. So I would imagine I'm probably going to lose a lot of starts because I've already tried to, I've been taking them outside and try to harden them off and some are just not going to make it and some are actually looking pretty good. So I might, I might lose half of those just because I couldn't, I, I time my, my timing was wrong. And, uh, so there you go. There's a good, it's a good trial and error right there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but and, you know, it's, know it's, it's the silver lining, right? Cause those, those plants that you put in are going to be the ones that you can start earlier. They're going to be the plants that, um, are bigger that can handle a little bit of that colder earlier spring and you know you save the seeds from those and and i think you know you don't have to be like a a geneticist or a serious breeder but just that selective harvesting of like knowing that okay these are the plants that i started early and they did good they did better in this colder weather they could handle it you know some of them didn't and they they failed and so that's kind of you know i don't know are are you guys planning on saving seed at all in some places or doing any
1: of that are you going to Keep keep sticking with your your seed guy, or I really want to start saving seeds. Um, I haven't done it before, so I'm I need to I need to learn how, uh, you know what's the best way to go about doing so. And I'm sure there's a lot of resources available. Just I need to look into it and, and do it. So I I guess you're right though. I mean when you choose those seeds from the plants that did well, all you're doing is giving yourself a head start for the next the next year. I don't know, there's something
0: something about it, uh that that being able to save your seeds, being able to, you know, kind of it's one more level of of uh taking care of yourself, of that self reliance of of being able to to do for yourself. Um and even this this past year, uh I, I have this lima bean that um I don't know, it's it's called a Potawatomi lima bean and it came out of like michigan i think and it's some native americans tribe i think Potawatomi Indians. i don't know grew it for a long time and i i have some and i've been saving seeds for it for a while and um i had a few people like four or five people contact me to actually buy seeds this year like from me to like you know for this plant it's like all right cool like that's cool like i i feel I don't know, there's something about that being able to like trade these seeds to sell these seeds for you know next to nothing it's not making any money it's basically postage in my time but like you know to get some of that that out there that that just i don't know there's something that just it, it i don't know that that genetic material that's been around for so long and to just share that that love with people is uh i don't know something but uh and it's it's tricky some things can be tricky some plants definitely are tricky, you know, your, your brassicas and stuff, but some of them really it's, it's not that bad. And, um, you know, as you kind of figure it out a little bit, uh, you can, you know, do it, do it all good. Um, so you guys are, I guess you're on an old goat farm. Um,
1: do you have goats yet? <laughs> we actually inherited two goats about a month ago actually used to live on this property, and they ended up with a neighbor. The neighbor wanted to get rid of them, so we said, we'll take them back. And uh, the problem with these goats is, you no, know, they didn't know the history of these things. We don't know how old they are. We know one was male, one was female, but they were more like pets. They had been like pets for years, so they were pretty much useless to our farm. They just ate. They wouldn't eat the grass. It only They would only eat kibble. What? They were like, they were like just giant puppies. So we had to brace no. it. Yeah. Yeah. They had spoiled them. So we put an ad in, in one of our, uh, we put an ad on social media and said, Hey, if any, any neighbors want these goats, You know, please come and get them. So I think it was two days after that, this person showed up who actually already has goats and horses and things like that. So I know they went to a good home and, they were good people, so I was I felt good about setting them off. But we do plan on getting goats. We Right now, we started with chickens. We have 21 chickens. They're about six weeks old right now, and they're, they're in, our, in, our, in the coop, and they're, they're doing really well. They're, they're almost fully feathered, probably two more or three more weeks from now to have the last one get be feathered. But they're, they're going outside during the, the daytime when it's sunny outside and uh, they're doing well so I'm excited about that awesome what
0: what uh what kind of varieties do you have oh you
1: had to ask that question didn't you <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh gosh so you got to you got to mix a mix of birds yeah we got a mix um
1: if my wife was here she could tell me what they were but she's in the other room That's good.
0: it's it's what you know cuz it's always like every every time we've ever ordered chickens like you know, it's, it's been the kids that kind of pick the birds out and, you know, you always get like 10 of something or whatever. And, and then you just work on some barnyard mutt, you know, and that's, that's what it is. And like, whatever, as long as it lays eggs at this point, like, I don't care. I'm not selling chickens. I'm not showing chickens. I have no intention on that. Like, as long as it lays eggs, like, I'm cool. You know, um, are you guys going to do, uh, do your, do meat birds at all? Are you
1: thinking about that at all? Or just, uh, to stick with the layers. Well, we got the layers right now, but we're definitely going to work, uh, work on getting some meat birds. I'd like to have some ducks, turkeys, maybe just going to expand our, expand our bird collection.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right on. Right on. Um, yeah right. and uh when you guys when you think about when you think about goats um what do you see do you see them as as meat goats do you see yourselves uh milking, milking goats do you see yourself making making cheese and stuff or is it just gonna be like a
1: a brush goat or what what do you what are you thinking well the the place is already set up with a milking station which it it actually it needs to it needs some work it's not in it's not, in good, it's not in good shape right now, but it's it's almost there. I just need to put some work into it. But our goal is to do milk goats, and I guess like you mentioned, make uh, a cheese and uh, whatever else we can find. Make with goat milk, pretty much it, and have them keep the property cleaned up as far as the you know, the brush stuff like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, we uh, we started out with a couple a couple of meat goats. Um... They're bottle babies. They weren't going to be meat goats. Um, they were going to be bred and then have more goats that could be turned into meat goats. And then we just picked up some, some dairy goats, um, ourselves. And it, it is a lot of people down here uh, where I am in Georgia, like, you know, they'll have goats and you ask them, what, what breed of goat do you have? Like, what kind of goat is this? And it's just so many people. The answer is like a brush goat you know, that's all it is. It's just a brush goat. And that's all that there are mowers that people have to keep things knocked down. And I tell you where we've had them. Um, it, it, they keep the the grass. It's not mowed like sheep, but the grass is low. The brush is taken care of, you know, the trees, there's no trees below like six or seven feet, you know, probably five, five or six feet. Um, you know, but it, it, it's, they're there and that's like what they do. And honestly, it's cheaper than cheaper than mowing the lawn. i tell you that. But um, so you mentioned Jack Spearco, um, kind of shifting your your mindset a little bit. Um, is that your guy's kind of purpose then? Just just to take care of yourselves a, a little bit more um, on your own, be a little more self reliant, or is there something else in there? Or what's that like for you?
1: Well, we're both both my wife and I were pretty much we're introverts. And we like to be left alone. We like to have our own space. And I think part of that lends itself to wanting to take care of yourself as well and be, self, be self-sufficient to our best extent we can. Not saying we don't have friends, we don't go places, but <laughs> we, we, we prefer being here. It's quiet, it's peaceful. We have our dogs and uh, it, it's just a nice place to be. So it, there, there have been other things that have happened that in the past where we're thinking to ourselves, we, we wanted to get, get out of the city and get ourselves some property for, for no specific reason, but just because it just felt like the city was getting to the point where we weren't, we weren't really comfortable there any longer. So for whatever, whatever reason that was, I can't put a finger on why that was just like a feeling like a gut feeling. So we pretty much found ourselves down here and, and, uh, having to look back. Yeah. Good deal.
0: Good deal. Are you guys, um, I mean, you mentioned selling, selling produce or selling, selling goods. Um, that you have there? Are you thinking kind of like a, like a CSA? Are you thinking just kind of farmer's markets or, uh, um, a stop at the end of your driveway and, you know, people drive by and pick up some beats and, uh, and uh, then put their money in a box or what, what are your kind of thoughts on that? Have you given any,
1: any thought to that? Pretty much. Yes. To all those things you just mentioned. (laughs) Uh, I, I do like, I do like kind of the, the, the CSA type, but more like a delivery basis possibly, or maybe a pickup basis where, you subscribe to our, you know, uh, service and once every Saturday or something, you stop by and you get whatever we happen to have in season. And you either pay with, uh, you know, like a direct deposit type thing, or you pay it cash in a box. You know, we, we kind of want to, 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 to look at each one and see which one actually works out the best and then put more emphasis on that method. I know that farmers markets are, especially in this area where there's a lot of, there's a lot of homesteads, a lot of farms around here. I've heard that the markets are pretty cutthroat. So I don't know if it would be to our, our advantage to really get involved with that, but you know, I'm not opposed to it. I'll try anything once. But I guess we'll have to wait and see yeah, yeah,
0: I, uh, I hear you. I hear you. I, I, we, I would love to do a CSA, but um, I'm always, I'm just, I'm never sure. I still haven't figured out, been able to dial in what, um, what I need to grow, or how much I need to grow um, to keep people people happy. Um, and figuring out the seasons, um, you know, down here where I am, uh, you have, you really have, you you can really grow stuff like pretty much all, all year. um, you know, you have four, four growing seasons. Uh, but it's tough cause you know, for me, I'm used to like dealing with a, a cold fall and a, and a late spring. And, you know, now I have to deal with this hot summer and it's almost like, you know, that's when I have to figure out what, what things grow when it's, you know, hundred degrees outside. Um, how is that for you guys? Are you, can you grow all year round? Do you have uh, an off season where, you know, the the soil can get to kind of rest and, and sit there and do nothing or?
1: Yeah. Around here, unless you have, say, unless you have a high tunnel or, or you do low tunnels to, to extend your growing season or to start early, uh for a greenhouse you're pretty much limited like we are right now on our wish list is a a good sized uh uh, greenhouse so we can actually grow things almost into you know maybe starting in february through uh, probably december i'm not sure exactly but Mm -hmm. around here there's either the soil's too cold it's everything freezes it's left exposed to the elements. Um, you might be able to get by with some greens into starting starting early, you know, lettuces and and kale and broccoli and things like that. But we've a fairly a fairly short natural growing season. Anything that takes a long time like like corn takes a long time, you've got to get that in the ground ASAP. Because by the time it gets to almost maturity you're looking at the weather the weather changing to get cold so and wet yeah
0: yeah it's, it's wild it's 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 so strange to think about you know like when when i grew up there was like the the old saying like you know it was, i think it was like knee high by july for for corn that's where you you wanted your corn to be and you know like i've got two right now i have two different crops of corn coming in so i can try to save seeds from them and i I staggered it so i don't have to cut too much but um you know i I started one like a month ago and you know one like two weeks ago and i'll start another one in like three weeks time and like i you know the the biggest thing for us is is watering and i i kind of miss some of those things about winter but uh not not all of them not all (laughs) so uh you uh Coming, coming from the city. I mean, I guess you, you know, you had a garden and stuff uh, before you guys kind of moved out. But um, has there anything, anything kind of struck you, or you've just been like, man, I, I didn't think about this, or something that you know, somebody else thinking, thinking they kind of want to leave more of a city, urban kind of lifestyle, and move more to one of you know, self reliance, more of a, a rural lifestyle. Um, anything to think about or consider? Um- Oh, good
1: question. One thing, one thing that we, it's kind of, kind of related to what you're talking about, but not entirely. But one thing that we thought of, or we didn't think about until we started thinking about it, was pollinators. You've you got you to have pollinators going in and, and get all your stuff pollinated. So we started uh, two years ago, we started getting uh, some mason bees and some mason bee houses uh, because apparently they're a way better pollinator than your average honeybee and we just actually put actually put up uh, four houses out near our uh, we have a small orchard right now we put those up and let the they, they overwinter in the tubes and eventually they will start to kind of push themselves out and luckily, we caught them just in time as they were starting to come out, so we put them outside. Uh, so you can't forget about having pollinators near your gardens and, and orchards. Uh, also, you've got to watch out for, when, you're having, when you are have a small garden, you have to watch out for cross-pollination because if you don't separate some of your crops at a, a decent distance, you're going to get cross-pollination. We have some really funky zucchini or uh, some squash one year because it was not quite <laughs> not quite a spaghetti squash and not quite you know an acorn squash or they were kind of a a weird mix so um there's that to, to concern uh scaling is not as easy as i thought it was going to be that's for dang sure everything out here because I was telling my wife the other day, I said, we need to actually, whenever we go to home, do you put a buy tool? We need to buy two of them because you need to have, because everything out here is a hundred yards away. If you need a shovel, it's a hundred yards, it's a hundred yards back in the tool, the tool shed. Um, so I'm actually build a tool shed, a small one out by our garden. Because I'm tired of having to walk back to our garage to get, <laughs> to get the tools um, Buy a, Buy a running lawnmower or a lawn tractor and buy a uh wagon for it, you will thank yourself that thing has been a lifesaver and it's not cheap it's 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 yeah
0: <laughs> it's it's not i i can i, I agree i hundred percent um when we first moved into to our property it was that was one of the choices was to buy a Riding lawnmower or buy a tractor. Um, and it, you know, it's, it was an old, not an old, um, the guy that had it before us had goats and then cows on it. So there was a, like a lot of grass and really like I, we have no interest in that much lawn, but the way things are kind of set up, um, even if you just reduce as much lawn as you can, um, there's still a fair bit of lawn to, to mow. And so it was either between like a riding lawnmower, or maybe a zero turn or a tractor and ended up getting a tractor and, um, you know with a with a brush hog on it and i can put a um uh a harrow on it and, and till the garden up and till things up a little bit and it really that has been the the one of the number one tools that i have um had to use you know in my lawn you know what my brush hog doesn't cut the lawn nice and short and it doesn't look pretty and nobody cares nobody cares maybe maybe my neighbor cares i, I, I don't care personally <laughs> right. but um you know <laughs> it's it's short enough there's uh no snakes that i uh hiding in that so so uh y- your mason bees um did you buy them or, or did you i i know they're good pollinators i've heard that
1: i'm not sure how you go about getting them we bought we bought some from a place up in seattle um they just deliver them to you through the mail they show up on your doorstep and then last year, one of my wife's co-workers actually gave us, gosh, I don't know how many. Um, I can't even, it was quite, a, quite a few mason bees. So we're probably, unless they fly away, we're probably sitting at maybe 40, 50 mason bees, um, which for, if you're comparing that to honeybees, you know, that's not very many bees. But when you're looking at how much they can pollinate, that's quite a quite a few bees. And the question is how many will stick around and how many will live and how many will back and hibernate over the over the winter.
0: Right, very cool. Well uh I've to look into that. That's uh, I haven't I haven't really I've seen different articles here and there about building bee houses for your, you know, your bumblebees and your mason bees and your sweat bees and these other things and inviting other pollinators besides honeybees into your garden. Um, I've never, I don't think I've ever talked to anybody that's actually, uh, done that. So it's very, very cool. Very cool. I, I don't know. So where, um, yeah, I guess where, where can people go to, uh, to find out more about you? Cause I know you, you got your podcast there. Um, Anything else you got going on, or where, where where should people go? Well,
1: I I did some. I wrote a few essays, and they're over at everythingvoluntary.com. There's a guy that runs that website that pretty much kind of got me started into podcasting. He really helped me out, and my episodes are actually published through his Everything Voluntary. Kind of a what would you say? Uh, franchise (laughs) and network almost for yeah i could network almost so he's got a lot of contributors on his on his website as far as essays uh he and i are the only ones producing podcasts actually he stopped producing podcasts due to some i guess some personal issues about a year ago well about maybe about a year ago and i haven't actually put anything out since January so (laughs) I'm kind of slacking myself I kind of I'm trying to figure out the right topics to bring in everyone is doing such a great job in this community talking about the most important things going on right now I kind of feel like my voice is not really needed in in the discussion but I'm trying to figure out something I can actually bring it to bring my own flavor to something which I used to be able to do pretty well I think I'm going to try to get back at it because i've got some things that i'd like to get off get off my chest i guess
0: right on right on i will i will uh link to your show in the show notes and um people should go go check that out for sure um but uh yeah I this that's all for now i appreciate you you coming on and um we're gonna stick around and do a do a little bonus little bonus show here so um yeah, thank you man i hey, appreciate it thank you very much So, I know you like what you heard, and I know you wish it kept going, and it did. Just go over to patreon.com slash hippie and uh, you can get access to that, that extra conversation. And uh, you should check out check out Jared's show and uh, see what he's got going on over there as well. If you have anything you want to share with me, uh, tell me, guests you want to see on the show, here on the show, whatever it is, feel free to reach out homeschools at gmail.com or you can find me on twitter at hs and hs pod uh, there's the discord server you can find in the show notes and uh you can find it on facebook as well wherever you see fit go ahead and give it a search and uh so i will respond to you if if you can find me somewhere and it's out there you don't have to look that hard folks i think that's pretty much it for today gonna keep it short come back on thursday have another another little show on thursday on the wrap-up of the month all the things that happened here on the, the homestead and the homeschools and everything so uh there's lots lots to share lots to share so come back for that but in the meantime get out there sow those seeds of liberty we can all reap sheaves of freedom
1: together